today we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Well, not sure about greatness, but definitely a nice dose of mustachioed mediocrity. And hey, even mediocre mustaches deserve some love. Today we honor Jeff uh, P Pustle. Who's that, you ask? Hell if I know. He's a Canadian actor, director, and writer, from what I found out. Best known for his role as Jack Christian in the television series Check It Out, which was syndicated on the USA Network back in the 80s. Anyway, who cares about all that? Jeff shines in the fucking movie we are covering today, and that movie is 1985's DEFCON 4, D -d 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 Defense Condition. Every time I was about to fall asleep, Jeff hits the screen and wakes me up with some wackadoo line. Let's get ready for Canadian's version of Mad Max and put a steak on the grill. Now play that crap theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, you. All right, well, today we have another guest who I had the opportunity to meet through the Grindbin podcast. By the way, the Grindbin actually pays me uh, 10 cents every time I say their name, so I'll have enough money for a, like a pint of Coors Banquet in no time because <laughs> so, <laughs> I mentioned them so much. He is a comic book and short fiction writer, as well as a fellow podcast host for the show Burn After Pitching, which I'm sure we will learn more about today. His name is Michael Tanner. Welcome to the show, Tanner. Thank you for having me on. This yeah. is going to be a pleasure. I'm so excited to bring this recognizable but not often seen movie to your listeners. <laughs> I had never, ever heard of this movie and, and honestly when i first saw it i was like he wants to watch the fourth movie in a series <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> then, uh, then i was like oh okay defcon be like, and you have to watch the first three so oh, really we're going to be talking about four movies on this episode <laughs> <laughs> a four-parter i haven't even had a two-parter yet but uh, i was i was excited about this because this is probably the most off the wall pick i've had so far i didn't even i went into this so blind that i was like okay i'm just gonna sit back and i'll find out who are because i usually try to single out at least one honoree for for the show so i kind of kept watching and eventually i was like there's the guy <laughs> there's the guy jeff so i kind of look forward to uh <laughs> to yeah Jeff's i feel scenes. like i'm really kind of bending the premise of the podcast a little bit because Usually, the mustaches are on the primary cast. Yes. But yes, this, I, I went with I, the letter of the law you gave me, which was there just has to be a mustache in it. So the mustache in this movie belongs to the lead henchman of the bad guy. So he's like sixth build. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a good porn stash. It's a good porn stash. It is. It's one of those where he really had to work to let that bitch grow out. Like, you know, he put some time in on it to mm -hmm. give it a little fluff fluff. It's the, it's the kind where you, you shave, like, the top, like, right under the nostrils. And sometimes you just go a little too far, and then you just have to go with it. Yes, it's, it's like exactly a, it's, like it's that. Like not, it's not a John Waters pencil thin. No. But no, it's not it a regular comes, mustache. It's just a, yeah. uh, it's a little flat top mustache. 
because it's definitely you know it's, it's as y'all will find out this is sort of an apocalyptic type movie so you know it's a little grown out you know a tad and i think it is the first if i'm trying to think but i'm pretty sure it's the first blonde mustache we've yeah had. well he's blonde but the mustache is a little dark so yeah it's a little dingy he's like a dirty <laughs> dirty because i think he's uh, a bottle blonde and it's his natural color in the mustache ah uh, okay okay yeah, you, I think you're right. Yeah, I thought maybe he just got, you know, a little mud in there, or maybe he just... It could be. Everyone's really dirty in this movie. This movie like, is... They're the greasiest, filthiest, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's on point, because, you know, it's yeah. post-apocalyptic. It's weird, because, you know, you have movies like The Space Oddity and stuff like that, where everything feels so clean. Like, you feel like everything smells like a clean plastic <laughs> scent. <laughs> and you kind of start off like that with this one as we'll see, but then you feel like you can just smell the filth <laughs> of earth after after a while, you know? So, I like that this movie took me some places within an hour and 25 minutes by the way, which thank mm-hmm. you very much for that. You're welcome. Um, I've had a couple of long ones uh, lately and I'm I was like, "Oh, what can happen?" And a lot happens. It's a pretty amazing little uh romp, you know? <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, this movie is so fascinating because it's like it really it, it it in some ways it's very standard post-apocalyptic fare, but like the setup and the characters who are put into these situations are the worst versions of the characters you want to see. Yes, which which makes it work because it you feel like oh this would be what what i'd be like in the post-apocalypse i'd be absolutely ineffectual and and just like the worst main protagonist ever yeah yeah like nobody um that's one thing i will say and it may be i don't know i don't i haven't seen a whole bunch of canadian film and by the way this is a very canadian film and mm-hmm. a bunch of current canadian actors and yeah the people that you think would be the ones to uh be running the show or not it's very different atypical type personalities running the show in this movie um up and down like through the entire thing you run into some very interesting folks so i'm looking forward to uh to going beat for beat with you on this one man yeah i am i'm down to clown all right so how much like like background do we want to do or do we want to just jump in oh no i'm gonna fucking jump in right now (laughs) okay i i have to but you're welcome to yeah you're welcome to give me some of the episodes i want to get into this because the thing that if you don't know this movie I guarantee you, if you ever spent a minute in a video store, you know the poster for this movie. Because it is one of the most iconic movie posters of the 1980s. It is a beautiful poster that literally has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, it's like it's barely connected to the movie. So if like to paint a picture in your mind, listeners, is this is the movie poster that has the skeleton astronaut. Like it's a skull and an astronaut like... Oh, yeah, outfit yeah. crashed on a planet with a giant like space station like either about to crash into the planet or has crashed and you've just seen the debris like you know this image and this yeah. is this is this poster and something i didn't learn until just two years ago is this poster is actually a ripoff of another piece of art from the 70s no really (laughs) yeah so there's another there's another piece of art which is almost identical except like the space station looks slightly different and it's more kind of like weird pop 
pastel colors like uh. the spacesuits kind of purple and pink shades and it was used as the cover for a science fiction anthology book in england in like 1976 Holy and so shit. this this poster was ripped off from another piece of art a decade earlier um so much where i saw the original on a book cover and i was like holy shit, look what they did. They ripped off the DEFCON 4 poster for this book cover. And I even posted about it on like a cult film Facebook group. And someone did a, well, actually, and like gave me the full history. I was like, that's fucking fascinating. Well, you know, it's fitting because DEFCON 4 is sort of a ripoff of other works of art (laughs) put into this one movie. So at least they're consistent with the way they, they work there. So it worked out. But the poster is dope as fuck and i do thank you for bringing that up because it it does you're right it tells you nothing about what the fuck is going to happen in this movie but it at least catches your eye and makes you interested to at least watch the first 10 minutes and then you usually regret renting the movie but yeah then you're like what this isn't what this movie (laughs) like you think you're getting from that poster you think you're getting kind of like maybe a little like uh ridley scott or like uh stanley kubrick kind of space kind of thing yep. like this is a movie about larger issues and that might be a little surreal nah this th- that's not this movie yeah because you even kind of when you look at it you kind of think oh maybe they're on a different planet because it doesn't yeah. quite look like earth and so they definitely some trickery to make the film seem like it's going to be a much bigger crazier type movie and it's actually pretty simple like I don't know what the budget was. I didn't bother looking, but I'm sure it wasn't a incredibly expensive movie. And uh, oh yeah, it looks um like this, and it looks like it could be shot in a weekend. Like <laughs> doesn't it? It looks not cheap, but does not look expensive. And it no. looks like you could you could have filmed this all in a weekend. Shot very efficiently because pretty much once they get um you know we'll get there, but when, once they get into uh into the earth and they get down to earth, you they don't really go f- very far. So no, they're they're literally maybe in like a like a three square mile area <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels of like. like Nova Scotia, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if you're ready. You're welcome to pop, pop in some background as we go along, but I, if you don't mind, I'll start uh, breaking Let's down do this it. movie. Let's do it. All right, everyone. This is called the movie breakdown. Dun dun, Canadian bacon. Dun dun, dun 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 dun. dun. Movie breakdown. All right, so the movie kicks off, and they couldn't afford the Star Wars scroll, so they just went with words on a black screen, and it reads, It is the day after tomorrow. The ultimate nuclear defense system has been perfected. Security has been achieved. Global conflict is now unthinkable. Or is it? (laughs) It doesn't have the or is it part, but but that's what's at the beginning of the movie. Then as the open credits kick in, we are welcomed by a giant D in the face as it continues to spell out DEFCON 4. Just to add some intensity in a very affordable way, may I add. I was like, okay. It was funny because... um, I, I think it was the episode you were on, but um, uh, Tanner was just recently on a Grindbin episode. It hasn't been let out. It hasn't been released yet. But the movie he was covering, Mike told me, hey, man, the first the first five minutes is amazing. You got to check out the first five minutes. Oh, like, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge of the Tiger. Look for it soon. Yeah, man. And the first five, I told him the first five minutes of my movie was just a scre- uh, the movie spelling out DEFCON 4. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it really takes his time. But we get there eventually, and we hear a woman uh, speaking, uh, and we see we see on a computer we see her on a computer to mo- computer monitor, and it says. Uh, um, we hear the woman, but we see on a computer monitor, Nemesis Mission Day 407. So it's been a 407 days. Um, when you call your mission Nemesis, you're definitely, you know, shit might pop off. So Yeah, that seems like a very kind of harsh, harsh, <laughs> harsh mission name for a um, peacekeeping satellite station. Yeah, I was like, oof, I don't know if I want to be on that mission, but yay, what are you going to do? And then we also see some incredibly uncomfortable looking red spaceship chairs. I just wanted to comment on that. Those chairs look uncomfortable as fuck. And we see a woman on the monitor, and I think it's supposed to be a home video, but it's obvious that this lady has a whole fucking studio set up in her house. It's like perfectly lit. She's backlit. (laughs) She sounds good. We, We don't know who she's speaking to yet, but she says that something weird has been happening. She says it's like he's died, and she's gotten over it. She kept having dreams that he did die and realized that when she woke up that he could be dead and she wouldn't know she says they've now sent an army psychologist for me (laughs) because let's face it this lady is having a tough time yeah this is a existential crisis for the wife Ooh, and she has like a straight face where you're like this chick is like damn like she's gonna snap at any like i get it like i get it oh yeah yeah like she doesn't know her husband's on a mysterious mission and she's she goes through like the deductive reasons like well i know you're not on a submarine because they're only out for like six months at a time and you've been gone for over a year i don't know i'm just gonna assume you're dead and i like i like it where she's like i'm just gonna assume you're dead so if you do come home it'll be like wow what a miracle I might be getting porked by a guy, but I won't be surprised you're alive. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of like, man, that's pretty messed up. Like, they don't even tell the wife where he's going. Like, she has no idea. She even says, like you said, like, maybe you're on a submarine and stuff. And I'm like, man, that is pretty messed up. I wonder if there are missions like that um, now, like in real life, where they don't actually tell the significant other that, you know, where they're yeah, at. Yeah, like, I, I imagine, like it's very much like a fiction trope of like the secret space mission or the secret space program. Yeah. Um, or like, Oh, no one knew about it. Not even like the president plausible deniability, (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, then we get our shot of our hero, question mark yeah. quote unquote yeah because uh, they for a second they break and we see an astronaut from outside coming back into the control bay we'll find out who that motherfucker is but the, the but then oh oh for a second though by the way we see the wife um bring on this guy's sister and it's really weird because the wife and the <laughs> sister kind of look the same and yep. <laughs> i was like what the the fuck is going on here but uh, the monitor scrambles up and it goes away. Oh wait, but don't don't forget what the what the sister says. Oh yeah, what does she say? She says like, "Hey, how you doing? Are you getting any?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, oof. Uh, y'all may not get this reference, but white fire. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that you're right. This guy, this unlikely gentleman is gonna, gonna be our hero. His name is Hal, which yep, is exactly is how. like how is this guy our yeah. fucking hero? It's like how is he the surviving one? He's normally like he's, the last guy you think would live past the first fifty minutes. Yep, he is the scrawny, like balding, like <laughs> wimpy. He's a, and this is one of the things I like about the movie is this guy is not 
the hero. He's not like he should typical. not be the guy who we follow. Um, and yeah. I guess he's the programmer on the uh, station. Yes, he's like the computer computer guy, and um, and I think and you know what I kind of like about the movie is they they don't necessarily because he's obviously like a beta type guy, but they never really point that out. I mean, he does get messed with here and there, but they don't really say it. You know, and I I do like that. They don't try to make it something that they point out constantly. He's just who yeah. he is, and no one no one tells us the audience that he's not capable of being a hero. <laughs> yes. We learn this through his inactions. Yeah, we see that we learn or this. actions. Yes, they don't push it too hard. I really like that. So we see that uh, we see that same dude. We see how come down a ladder to speak with a doctor. Her name is Jordan. And we'll definitely get some good Jordan lines. We find out here that they have six months left on this ship before they can return home. Uh, Jordan doesn't know if she's tough enough for six months. Uh, she says she's, she keeps thinking about putting on too much makeup and doing her nails real red and putting on something slinky and going to a sleazy bar and picking up a bike gang. Hal just looks at her kind of in pause like, what? And he, she goes, it's a joke. I'm like, well, that's not really a great joke. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on house side on that. Like, yeah, I mean, he's not going to slut Like, if yet. my coworker just was like, yeah, I really want some guys to run a train on me, I don't know how I would react. <laughs> I'd be like, ha. Ah. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I got some sources. Um. <laughs> so, so this is like one of the few times I'm like, yeah. How has the correct reaction to yeah, the situation? Just, sometimes it's just better not to say anything at all, you know? Uh, so we then we see Jordan with uh, who we uh, who we find out is Walker. She's the guy that she said was a real asshole when she was going through training for this program or whatever. She may have been right as he just happens to have some softcore porn on while she's giving him a medical <laughs> checkup. My favorite part about this scene is they zoom into the porno and you see the woman, she takes her top off and she says... They're not that bad, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I want to find what this movie is. Yeah. And we should cover it on on the grind bit. <laughs> I thought it would have been dope if they ran into the actors on her. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I recognize you. Yeah, I know you. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun little little moment there. Jordan says, um, "What?" Because uh, oh, because Walker says something like, "It's been a while," and he's like, the, "He's your typical." He's alpha the male. guy who you expect to be the character we follow. Yes, and uh, he says, "It's been a while," and she's like, "Since what? Since you've seen two people have sex on TV?" He says, "No, since I've seen a woman." Then Jordan <laughs> says, "I'm crushed, Walker. You got me right where I live." <laughs> Like, yeah, what? that's again like one of the things I love about this movie is the interaction between all the characters is all really good. Yeah, and like every, everyone has a very strong personality and gets bits. Yes, like yes. Jordan is like sardonic and and sarcastic, and she's a fun character. Yes, she's very passionate too. She has a very mm-hmm. full voice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we will get to see some of that very soon. We then we see Hal looking at a news report, and we find out that Washington and Moscow are on high alert due to an American cruise missile landing 300 miles southeast of Moscow in uh, Veronich or Veronich. Mm-hmm. Uh, the missile had a nuclear warhead, but didn't detonate, and is in the hands of the Soviet defense officials. Blah blah blah. There's a U.S. Navy supply ship disguised as a trap steamer, which is the term I'm going to use now instead of Dutch oven. 
<laughs> tramp steamer. <laughs> this trap steamer was hijacked and may have been carrying cruise missiles that could reach that sort of distance. So the Navy says that the ship was hijacked by pirates or forces who may be loyal to or under control of the Libyan government or the North African Defense Alliance. So whatever. This isn't looking good. It looks like some heavy shit is going on at Earth. And uh, Hal goes to speak to Walker about the situation. We now see it's day 408 on the ship. It looks like a full stage alert has been announced. There's a bunch of war jargon during this uh, news report that's going on. It's looking like things are getting bad. All of a sudden, this loud-ass alarm goes off, and we see on the monitor, War 2, this is not a drill. And that alarm was going off, and it was going off for a little bit, and you just see Walker just kind of chilling, listening to music on his headphones. He's like, yep. what? what? What's what's up? <laughs> like, fucking Walker, dude. So he starts getting all their weapons ready to launch the missiles, I guess. Um, and Hal is hesitant because he wants to wait for War 1. So I guess it's like a category-type situation. Right, which is the fun funny thing with the title of the movie being DEFCON 4. Like, it, there's defcon one through five yeah defcon five is the lowest level of defense condition (laughs) meaning so defcon four is things are just slightly worrisome (laughs) yeah i know so so we're just like the title of the movie is like the second to last worry like it's like oh things are okay like just call it defcon one like (laughs) that's that's what we're talking about here but for some reason they have decided this motion picture is called defcon 4 yeah i'm curious i wonder if uh there's a i think there is a blu-ray release i wonder if there's any commentary on this because i need to find out why they landed on defcon 4 i i would love more i would love a commentary track on this one i actually only i own it on dvd but it's a dvd dual disc with hell comes to Frogtown. Oh, wow. And there are not a lot of extras. In fact, I think the extras are just trailers for other movies. Oh, I, oh, I remember those. Yeah, that's the lowest of the low. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. here, watch some of this shit. Bonus features. Trailers. Trailers for what? <laughs> just some other. Like, literally, it's like some Linda Hamilton, Tommy Lee Jones movie I have never heard of, except for the trailer on this disc. Oh, my God. Oh, is it Bad Moon? Well, Rising. <laughs> which is like a Knight Rider ripoff. But that's literally how they say the title. Bad Moon. Rising. <laughs> it's the longest ass pause. But anyway, DEFCON 4. Oh, man. Hey, if any of those trailers have mustaches, let me know. Oh, I'll have to watch out. them again. Yeah, keep an eye out. So anyway, so Jordan says that they're supposed to be firing on their own discretion if they have evidence an attack has started and the War 1 signal can't get through because they're feeling the pressure now. Walker stalls, and we see the TV monitor just showing all these random channels, uh, like the most random shit. And apparently they're all kind of going out, but the channels they're showing are so weird. It's like a little girl on a swing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's supposed to be like daytime TV in Canada. So weird. Their TV is fucked up. I was like, what is happening there? But yeah, so the channels start going out. How is freaking losing his shit? I think Walker mentions that his family is in Seattle and he just saw Seattle go. And mm-hmm. he seems to be taking it very well. <laughs> he's like, he is. He's, a, he's a stone cold military man. <laughs> that guy does not give a fuck. He's like, I know the sacrifice I've made. So now there's a solid object alert, which means something is coming toward their ship. Jordan says we need to release the payload. Walker says, yo, hold up. Give me a second. And Jordan just loses her shit now. She's like, Walker, you bastard. 
It's like, holy shit. Yeah, she is a, she's belligerent when it comes Ooh. to nuclear war. She is a fireball. And I was kind of confused. I was like, is it? She's, I thought she was just there for medical purposes, but I guess she's trained in everything. So she was like, we need a fire. We need to take care of this. So they, they I think she just has a strong opinion. Yeah. Where it's really, it's Walker and, and Howe's. Yeah. Uh, call on on the military stuff so and then mostly walker because he's in charge yep and they it's funny because they they talk about missiles and degrees of the missile fuck i ain't gonna go into that but they launch the bitch from the ship and we see it head out and a sega cd fmv explosion happens boom <laughs> we don't it's even, like crazy ivan up in here <laughs> we didn't even really see exactly what was coming toward him you just see the giant missile which kind of looks like a trash can and then it just explodes so yeah i guess it was something and now they're looking at the survival estimates for human population on earth right now after all these bombs have gone off it looks like most of the country was affected walker asked what area came out best and how answers by saying antarctica and uh walker looks absolutely disappointed with this news he's like of course like, i fucking hate the snow man <laughs> he's a fucking antarctica so Walker asks uh, where they should look to land if they if they're able to make it back, and I think Hal suggests what like Easter Island. And- yeah, it's like Easter Island or the Canary Islands, basically like tiny islands in the middle of the Pacific. Yep. So, or or and Central I think he America. says Central America. Yeah, yeah, which is like real weird because I think the graphic on the screen implies that like you don't want to go to central america either like yeah i was all of that's gone they just sort of shout out central america seems to be this magic um magic land where it's all okay but it didn't seem like it was okay so no and we don't really you know we'll see what happens but we see another shot of their their ladder they have this ladder that goes all i guess all the way down the ship and it's all red around for mm. some reason just looks like a colon very <laughs> kubrickio it's like a colonoscopy up in here <laughs> and uh we see how moving around trying to get some sort of a signal this might be one of the saddest yet funniest moments in any movie i've ever seen in my life this part coming up uh <laughs> this is when how gets a a signal from this woman after all this has happened i guess it's been a bit or maybe at least a day or so i don't know but i i think we do get a a thing saying it's been at least like 30 days or okay, something cool because uh, yeah it was weird because he catches a woman on a signal he's just trying to get any type of radio signal it's this woman she's calling out to a guy named cecil who obviously is probably her husband no th- this is his wife no yeah it's his wife but she says Cecil. Yeah, his name is Cecil Howe. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, then it's not even that funny. I thought it was just they. No, this is sad. You're a sick fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny because they kind of, they <laughs> you're a sick fuck. Because <laughs> they, uh, they catch her calling out and she's like, yeah, um. We didn't get hit, but a bunch of others got blind. By the way, she sounds sad and she's like crying and shit. And she's like, a bunch of others got blinded. Then they got some disease and they were all sick and they're dying from radiation poisoning. And to make it even sadder, she says, the baby got sick with this radiation poisoning. And to be safe, they shot the baby and they threw it in a fire. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know why that baby left. <laughs> 
because I didn't expect that. Because she's like crying and saying it at the same time. I'm sorry, y'all. It just I felt it. It, it it's a it's a bold choice. It's so much because they could have just said the baby died. And yes, we, we would have got it. But like I think it's to sell that things are getting like beyond just like people sick and dying. Like people are fucked up and like yeah. people are shooting babies and throwing them into bonfires yeah. and stuff. So you're like, yeah, like the, yeah, this is, this is the world now. The idea of a baby getting shot is like, whoa, man, do you really have to shoot the baby? Fuck. But, uh, there's other ways to snuff out a baby. I mean, you're not the fucking <laughs> shoot. Why don't you list those? <laughs> I don't want to give anyone any idea though, man. So, uh, yeah. So how is falling apart, obviously, especially now that I know that that's his wife. <laughs> And uh, you just thought he he got all upset over some like random woman. I thought, and everyone's like consoling him over like, wow, he took it hard. I that, thought he hit hit up a random woman, and it made him think about his family. about his family. Oh no, it's his actual like, it's his actual uh, wife. And then the fact that he doesn't really he's trying to cry. He makes like a cry face, but he never tears yeah. up. He just has like that solid vein down the middle of his head. So I was like, oh, you know, he's hurt, but it's not that bad. But it turns out it was pretty bad. She says something like they're going to try to get away. Who cares? Whatever. So then Walker is just there chilling with his unibrow at full power. He says the radiation down there is incredibly high. No shit, Walker. Hal, walks, uh, Hal wants to go back to Earth, obviously. He wants to help his wife and sister get out of there. And Walker tells him, bro, your wife is dead, dude. <laughs> and Hal just loses his shit on him, right? like damn it gets emotional here um but it's kind of funny because how goes at walker but walker subdues him pretty easily <laughs> in like a very loose chokehold yeah. like it it is again the, like showing that how is not the pe- person we should be following in this movie yeah, he is. that walker is the action hero guy is like walker just very quickly subdues him in like a loose choke yes it's just like listen you're gonna listen to me i'm in charge here we're not going down there you need to chill out and how the actor is so great at portraying the like the wimpy guy who knows that he's beat so he just kind of looks like kind of snotty and indignant, but in a real way. Like, yeah. like oh, you're stronger than me. <laughs> and it's funny because Walker does this all while still sitting. <laughs> yeah, he never gets up. <laughs> he beats his ass sitting down. And Walker even says, I'm not going down there to some sort of disease land. And I was like, that's yeah. probably what they should have called the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been better than Defcon 4. It's still not good, but disease land you know like it could be anything so yeah so they they go back and forth he he flexes his muscles and walker you know says like yeah this isn't a democracy like you said we're not doing it going anywhere so end of movie roll credits uh thanks for coming on man (laughs) (laughs) 40 years from now there's a space station with three skeletons just just (laughs) Just, orbiting the dead earth floating around no we have another stupid alarm going off as the computer says there's an incoming message so apparently there's some sort of external override happening. We don't know what's going on, but this isn't a program that Hal set up. So he's really confused. And the ship. And he's very, go. very upset because he keeps yelling, this is not my program. <laughs> it's not my program. Yeah. Because he knew like Walker was going to figure it was him. Yeah. And Walker does. He For a second, he's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, this isn't me, man. And the shuttle's heading down. Like it's heading down to Earth. So they got to get rid of the missiles because they can't be fucking going down to Earth with these, these nuclear missiles in, in tow. So they just sort of get rid of them. I don't even know. <laughs> just Yeah. I, I think they just shoot them into the sun, I guess. Because <laughs> they just let them go. But I'm like, where are they going, though? Those are pretty hardcore missiles. <laughs> <laughs> 
But because uh, those are like thermal nuclear warheads, I think. Like those are fucking man. They'll take out a whole civilization. So they get rid of them. But there is one that sticks around. And the movie really wants us to know that that one has stuck around. You get a couple of zoom-ins there, and the parachute goes off, and they start going through the fire. And we also get a, a countdown. So we know there's now a countdown in the movie. Yes. Where the missiles missiles all have very, very handy digital countdown clocks on the exterior of these thermonuclear warheads. Actually. So we've got 60 hours left in this movie. I was going to say, I really appreciated it because it was sort of just letting me know when this motherfucker is going to be over. I was like, oh, cool. It's almost... I like when I first saw the first timer. I was like, "Oh shit, man, we're gonna be here just a little bit longer." So they open the hatch. Uh, they they land. They open the hatch to the shuttle, and it looks like they're dug into some sand. And they can't get out. They all of a sudden hear some banging on one of the panels. It's really like just chill banging. It doesn't seem violent. So they start trying to dig their way out. They think it's hey, there's somebody out there that can help us out. And then Hal's just kind of mouthing off this whole time, saying shit. He's all excited. And someone outside the ship, once he starts digging out the sand, grabs him by his hand and he starts freaking the fuck out. And Walker goes out to free him and and saves him. But unfortunately (laughs) for Walker, not as lucky. They get his hand and his other hand uh, lands in the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see Walker's, um, I think it may have been his right hand too. So it's a good thing he used it the other night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got to say, have a final night. And it, during the landing, right, Jordan, like her harness breaks and she falls out and smacks her head, right? Yeah, Jordan gets um, Wapatad really hard. Oh, this, and that is a, another good part where like Hal runs over to her and he's all like, she's dead. And Walker goes over and like, she has a pulse. <laughs> like, again, again, it's just like, how is the worst? Yeah, how is uh, not the most uh, equipped for these type of situations? Mm-hmm. But hey. He tries his best. I'll give him that. So you know. he, uh, we see how, and he's all sad because fucking Walker disappeared. Walker gave him a hand. Walker gave him a hand. And it's funny because as soon as Walker's hand comes down, he's like, oh, fuck this. And he gets the little panel and he puts it back on. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to stay in the ship and live. So how is recording some message for Jordan just in case she's not dead and she wakes up. He's saying that he accepts the fact that his wife Alice is gone and dead. He mentions Walker's death and we see how heading out at night to see if he can find out what's going on or if there's anyone out there that can help he wants to try to find somebody basically because he doesn't know what the fuck is going on he says that he'll knock three times uh for her and to not let anyone else in i'm like uh three times like that's not that much of a coded yeah you know i'd be like knock 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 or something like that Okay, I'm going to do, um, you know, shaving a haircut? you seen Roger Rabbit? We're going to do that. That's the best way. It's the only way to get through. Oh, shit. So he heads out, and we get a close-up again of the missile in the ship. Like like you said, we see the counting down. We think we got about an hour, guys. So we see Hal just walking along. And, then- and he's got a spear? Yeah. Like, I don't know where he got a spear from, but he made a spear. Um, good for him. Yeah, not bad. I, and he's carrying like a satchel and he's like he's on the beach they've landed on a very lovely beach yeah they're they're definitely in a little beach area they're, they found us a, a good spot to kind of film because you have like four different terrains to work with you have some beach you have some shrubs you have some hills you know and you have like water and shit so it kind of you know welcome to canada yeah welcome to canada you got a little bit of everything and uh what is uh 
What does good old Hal see as he's walking over the hill there? He sees a, a, a locals. The locals are having a barbecue. <laughs> it's a bunch of guys cutting some meat off a. Um, what is that? Is that a? Oh shit! That's Walker's leg. Yeah, that's a little A one Walker right there. And then our our awesome hero, our awesome, very capable main character, throws his spear ineffectually. It lands even among the bad guys and manages not to hit any of them. Yeah, because there's like and three then guys. he runs. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just skedaddles out into the woods because he's the worst. I was like. How? Why would you let go of the one weapon you have? You're not a fucking super professional, like, spear You're a javelin? Yeah. Were you on the Canadian javelin team? Yeah, he's probably like... I expected more. He's like, yeah, I had some Native American, like, way down back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he runs off, and they chase after him. He ends up tripping on some. He trips on a trap or something, and it and it's a big old tree with a bunch of knives attached to it. But a bunch of like fucking machetes that are just perfectly spaced apart, not to stab him. It's a good thing, but to hold him down to the ground. Yeah, it holds him down. It's a good thing he's tiny because it he fits like basically in between the two machetes. Mm -hmm. We see a big dude standing over him. We're gonna get to know this guy. He's got a gun pointed at him, and uh, (laughs) it's a it's a weird situation. We, uh, the, we meet uh, Vinny McCaskill. Yes, Vinny McCaskill. When do they... Do, do, the first time we find out his name is later, right? Like, he doesn't give them his name um, when they meet, right? I don't, or maybe I missed it. I feel like I feel like we learn his name is Vinny pretty early. Yeah? But we don't find out his last name is McCaskill until, like, halfway McCaskill. through. Because to describe this guy, this is a guy that viewer or listeners will probably recognize because he's in some other higher profile stuff yes i think the thing that i always go to for him is in dances with wolves he's the commander who sends um uh kevin what's his name kevin nealon who's the guy in dances with wolves (laughs) oh kevin costner kevin costner who sends kevin Kevin costner (laughs) kevin nealon uh kevin conroy kevin mccallister i would watch it with kevin Kevin mccallister He sends Kevin McAllister out to his fort, and he's the guy who, like, stands up and says, I have pissed my pants, and then he commits suicide, and that's why the army doesn't know where Kevin Costner's character is. Oh. Uh, so he's he's the guy who pisses his pants and then commits suicide and dances with Oh, wolves. man. I, um, I knew I'd seen this guy. Yeah, he he's very much a that guy. Yeah. He's like, oh, that guy. Like, you know you've and seen he, him. And he is dressed. Okay, he's dirty. Oh, this yeah. is the Oof. this is the introduction of everyone's covered in dirt yep. and is filthy, greasy looking. He's got like a newsboy cap on backwards, mm-hmm. a plaid shirt, yep. like a vest, and a kilt complete with a Scottish sporin. Yes, <laughs> which is that's a bold choice. That is a that is a bold post apocalyptic running around the wasteland. But plus, he's got like a shotgun, and he also has like a bandolier shotgun shells like around his wrist. Yeah. So he's a little bit of a badass. He is. He looks pretty dope. He looks like um, a full like fully formed video game character. Like yeah, like if they had this outfit available in Fallout, I would be just running around the wasteland in it. So tell me, do you think he was dressing like that prior, or is this like kind of like with Mad Max, where all of a sudden people start? <laughs> Buying hockey pads and uh, football pads. I'm willing to bet because what we learned about Vinny, he's a fucking creeper weirdo. He dressed like this before. Yeah, 
He was also this dirty before. I agree. Like, I think he this was, did not change his life. I think he's one of those guys where they survived the apocalypse because they were already sort of living like they were in one. So yeah, he was on the fringes. He was anyway. on the fringes. So yeah, he looks at him. He has the gun pointed, and Hal just starts bab bab like blabbering. I mean, he says he's been in the in space for fifteen months, and that these dudes are trying to kill him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He starts bitching, and it looks like the it looks like Vinny has decided to take him. But with a blindfold on, he doesn't want him to know where he lives. So he's pretty smart. And it's funny because I don't know if you noticed this, and I'm not sure why. I was watching this on my laptop, so maybe I missed it. But there's a moment where Vinny picks up How, walks like yes. four steps, and then puts him down. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to push you forward. I think it's I think it's established that Vinny's house is surrounded by tripwires. Oh, so because uh, we because later that comes up. So I think yeah, I think he was picking him up to carry him over a tripwire. <laughs> I, um, I was like, damn, but Vinny's yeah, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but also it gives you a set like Vinny is a big guy but also how is tiny so like like Vinny just picks him up with one arm yeah and it's not like Vinny is buff Vinny is just a, He's big, just a dude. big dude yeah it's just that how is a skinny He's scrunny a scrunny guy guy he, weigh, he looks like he weighs about 145 or something so uh, it looks like Howe is now in Vinny's house and they're just eating. He's a guest. Yeah, he's a guest. Shay Vinay. Yeah, man. Uh, seems, uh, you know, he's got a humble abode. Yes. <laughs> Little cabin out there on the hill. He's got a newspaper wallpaper, which is always a classy sign. Yep. Uh, he's got like bags of, I don't know, fertilizer blocking the windows. Yeah. Um, it's uh, quite a scene. It's yeah, very like, Texas this is Chainsaw a... Massacre feeling. Oh, right. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying. I just love this. I just love a scene that opens up with two guys eating just what looks like old oatmeal or something yeah it's like gruel disgusting. out of bowls and, uh, with with their fingers yeah oof. the finger eating i will say and i was i was gonna mention it la- later on but the finger eating come on guys i get it it's the apocalypse did the nuclear bomb fuck up the spoons like man it just it melted all the spoons <laughs> But this this is my first like Vinny is hilarious as shit oh as a God. character. He is, so is okay. Funny. So how like doesn't want to eat this gross gruel? No. Um, and so Vinny like like leans over the table and takes the bowl from him and says, "You're very wasteful." And then <laughs> then opens a trap door in his floor and then throws the food down in it. So you're like, "What is going on? Why is he throwing food down a trap door?" to make things weirder at that very moment when he throws the food down that hole you hear thank you oh that's right yeah <laughs> and, the, and it's funny because how's like who the fuck was that but then he doesn't bother answering him at all and the best part is uh how goes listen guy listen i got four months of food do you want it or not and Vinny says here's the deal give me all your food or i kill you <laughs> That's a pretty pretty simple deal. And uh, he says, if if you give me your food, I'll let you go. He's like, then the kids will kill you, and I'll be happy, and the kids will be happy, and you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so, like, even keel. Like, all of his line delivery is just so fantastic. <laughs> this guy is fucked. But luckily, the, a little distraction happens. We see a dude, our... Um, yeah, we see a dude walking, and it looks like he sets off a landmine of some sort or one of those fucking mm-hmm. strings you were talking about, and boom! Big old explosion. Vinny ties Hal down to the chair and heads out to investigate. And uh, it's funny because um, all of a sudden, it really kind of freaked me out. All of a sudden, you see like the floorboards move, 
and we see this girl I, I kept was i don't know why i was been watching a lot of horror movies so i was like oh it's gonna be some fucking goblin motherfucker i know it <laughs> it's, like, it's like people under the stairs yeah, like, <laughs> i was like oh shit i thought it was gonna be like a radiation thing like it's like his kid but it's like radiation monster but no it's just a it's a girl <laughs> it's a girl in a really really dirty schoolgirl uniform yeah. Now, do you do you know the background on this actress? Or I guess it would be the foreground, because it's what she does in the future. Uh, I know that she wears enough gel and hairspray for her hair never to move for an hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> so she, I can't think of her name is, but she became a voice actress. Oh. And people are going to know her if they were fans of the 90s X-Men cartoon. Because she's the voice of Rogue. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's uh, you can kind of hear like hints of that kind of like raspiness yeah. that will come in a decade. Um, but yeah, that's that's this actress, and she comes in, she opens up like a a jar of Smucker's raspberry jam and just starts finger eating it like crazy. Ooh, that was the part where I said this shit grosses me out so yeah, like, bad. Get some goddamn spoons. My God, and um, how uh, ask her if she could uh, untie him, and she says, "Hell no." And Hal tells her he's got crates of food because she's obviously starving. And he's like, I got crates of food. I'll give you some if you just set me free. She asks if he can sell. And he's like, yeah. She gives him the deal that they split the food and she'll find him a boat. He agrees to the terms and she starts to untie him. She unties him. And it's funny because he asks, what kind of boat is it? She's like, it's a sailboat, you stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She grabs a couple of guns and they aim to head out. But Vinny comes in, of course, right when they're about to walk out. He kisses this this girl. This is where we learn that Vinny is, of course, a creeper. He is fucking monster man. Like, oh. Yeah, you're just like, oh, he is gross. Because also, because she is a schoolgirl. So we establish that. I forget what this character's name is, but that that she is um jj jj uh that jj is in high school and he's gross like i don't think they ever imply that he's raped her but the kiss is an indication that he's probably hoping to woo her yes uh into a coerced uh sexual relationship at some point because she's property because it's the post-apocalypse he kind of reminds me of um i don't know if you've ever seen lonesome dove but there's that big guy that just goes i'm gonna marry you it's kind (laughs) of he has that kind of energy um so (laughs) so uh yeah i was like man this is a very interesting relationship going on here so he wants to send Hal outside to kill him Oh, I love that where he says, okay, this scene is so good. Oh, this might, yeah, this okay. is like top top four best scenes. So JJ just like skedaddles right back into the basement, yeah. leaving Hal. And uh, and Vinny sa- tells Hal to go outside. And Hal's like, why? And, v- and Vinny says, so I don't mess up my house. <laughs> don't really want to get <laughs> bu- bu- like buckshots and blood everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and Hal's like, well, don't you care about the food? And Vinny says, I don't give a shit about the food. Go outside. He's like, well, I got, um, I got, uh, it's not just food. I got uh, marijuana. Oh, yeah? What kind? Uh, Colombian? I don't care. Yeah, he's- I don't I don't smoke dope, but I don't like people who do. Go outside. Vinny was a big supporter of the D.A.R.E. program. He's like, yeah. fuck you and your weed, man. Users are losers. <laughs> Go outside. And how gets him to think twice because he says, I don't give a shit if you find the ship because she won't let you in. And Vinny's like, wait a minute. Who's she? Like, who are you talking about? Then he asks, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about this? 
exchange here. This is great. It's like, she's a, I, I forgot what they get there, but Vinny's first question is, uh, what does she look like? And how is, of course, like in the position of how do you describe a coworker? He's like, I don't know, she's a brunette. <laughs> and then Vinny says, what color are her areolas? And, and how is like, what? And he's like, are they pink, red, or brown? <laughs> And I says red. So creepy. <laughs> it's a, this is this must be like his Vinny's checklist of a brunette with red nip, red areolas. Yeah, and he's like, are they uh, are they pointed or rounded? <laughs> and how's like uh, pointed? So now he is interested, and so it's funny because Vinny says, "All right, all right, all right, all right. If I give you a knife, and you give me two thirds of the food and the woman, we have a deal." And so Hal says, I'll give you three quarters of the food. And, of course, Vinny agrees to that. So now we see them all rigged up in a big old, like, Vinny has created this. It's, it's basically like a Caterpillar construction truck. It's Killdozer. Yeah. He's got his own Killdozer. Yeah, he's got a fucking Killdozer. And uh, it's pretty dope. He's, like, in a big old fucking, like, protective, almost like a tank-type cage. And he can just barely see in a little slot in the front of the of the thing. And, of course, Hal and uh, JJ are just stuck in the back where, like, the big scooper thing is. Yeah. It's just, like, hanging out in the open. Yeah, and they're, they're completely out in the open. And they get to, like, I guess, uh, hastily made barricade log. Barricade, yeah, which is not going to stop the killdozer. Yeah. Uh, we- and then uh, Vinny yells out, like, was it, watch out, terminals, stay down. And we learned that terminals are the terminally ill with radiation poisoning. Yeah. Who now attack Killdozer? There are Mad Max discount Mad Max um, bad guys. Yeah, these are all just guys in like torn green clothes with like bandages wrapped around their face. Yeah, and uh, one gets shot, uh, and the other is really stupid because Vinny just starts reversing the the tr- the bulldozer, and the guy could run left, he could run right, he runs straight back, trips, and gets ran over. Is <laughs> is. He's terminally stupid. He's terminally That's what he is. Stu- he probably should have died. So they just. Uh, this is when I. This is actually when I realized that her name was JJ. By the way, I was like, "Oh, look, her name's JJ. That's a cool name." So she's going out looking for the ship. They they get near the beach where Hal's kind of like, "I don't quite fucking remember exactly where it's at because I it was yeah." Not- he's like, "It was dark and it's a fucking beach. <laughs> Everything looks the same. I've never been here before, but yeah, I guess." <laughs> So JJ goes out to look for it. Of course, he's got her like on this super long leash. It's like those people at the park with their fucking dogs that have like a fifty foot <laughs> leash. It annoys me. So, so I'm sorry if you have that kind of leash. I do, but I am very much in control and aware of other. Oh, okay. See, I like. I'm one of those old. I like my dog right on the right side of me. I'm very militant about my dogs. I'm the worst, man. But. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just feel like I feel it feels cool. Like I'm like my dog's walking with me. What's up, dog? It just feels more dope. Like it feels like a badass. I I would love if my dog walked next to me, but my dog is crazy takes, and he doesn't always do. Yeah, that. you got to do that real young. Got brainwashing man. Uh, so <laughs> maybe I would have been running this bitch if it was apocalyptic. <laughs> so uh, so yeah so. Then we hear Vinny say, "Watch out for the lunatics from Fort Liswell." And we're, I'm, I was, was kind of like, uh, "Okay." He's like, "Who?" Yeah. Uh, 
And what? I just got here, man. Like, you got to give me a little bit more backstory. And uh, speak of the devil, we run into one of the lunatics from Fort Liswell. It's also the first time, it, I think this was maybe 20, 30 minutes into the movie, we run into a mustache in this movie. We got our big mustache. This is the longest we've ever waited. 37 minutes in. 30, 37, 37 minutes. 37 minutes in. It's the longest in Castillo history and how fitting is it that it's the man of the hour good old jeff uh, pupils or whatever the fuck his name is <laughs> whose name is lacy in this movie so we will refer to him as lacy from now on and we find out that Vinny um is not a fan of this guy he throws some shit at his face and he starts yeah i love that Vinny pusses out hard. like we've established before that like Vinny was like very threatening but the moment these dudes show up Vinny pusses out skedaddles yep. in his killdozer yeah you quickly realize oh he's not the main bad guy there's definitely some no. other people so he takes off out of fear but they're ready for him um because we do later find out Vinny is notorious so they were ready to stop this fucking bulldozer thing they chain it up while it was trying to get away they can't it can't move he's going back and forth they put a fucking grenade inside the little cabin that he's in and he it's probably the fastest Vinny's ever had to move he fucking jumps the <laughs> fuck out of it and it's so funny because Lacey takes the time to tell him it was a fake stupid ass <laughs> Now, normally in a movie, if you establish this, like you've got one of the bad guys has a dummy grenade that he uses to like trick people, it's going to come back. Yeah. But this isn't that kind of movie. (laughs) This isn't the kind of movie with forethought. It's it's kind of surprising because I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, that's going to come to play. And there actually is a moment where we see a grenade and I'm like, oh, this must be it. (laughs) But it doesn't quite happen that way. It is. I do. I don't know if this was on purpose, but they do show us the audience that it's a dummy grenade because the shot when they show the the grenade fall into the thing, you see it's hollow. Yes, it's just. And so I'm like, oh, like that's you know that's kind of fun if they did it on purpose or if it just happened that what way. Been, <laughs> when they dropped the grenade on camera, it just landed. That what would have been so funny is if we were like, oh look, look, it's a it's a fake one. Like how plastic that looks, and it explodes. <laughs> and then it explodes. <laughs> Oh shit, I can't trust anything. So uh, the, the Fort Liswell guys are now heading down the road with Vinny, Howe, and JJ in tow. And it's funny because they're using one of those weird fucking... Um, it's kind of like a rickshaw. Yeah, there you go. Like they, they've built like a rickshaw probably out of like a, a, a wheelbarrow and, you know, a kid's bike. It's genius. And, and our characters are running alongside Lacey, who's riding. Yes. But then they establish that two of his dudes are pulling the rickshaw. So he's making his dudes work rather than hitch up his prisoners to his rickshaw. I'm like, damn, Lacey. Well, I think it comes down to how fast do you want to get there, you know? uh, You look at Vinny, not going to happen. You look at little Hal, not going to (laughs) happen. JJ is stout, but, you know, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, and she's a spitter, as we'll find out. You don't want (laughs) to piss her off. So uh, we see that they have, like, what looks like a basically slaves they're pulling this space shuttle they're trying i can't believe they got all these people and they're just like they have the space shuttle on like a trailer and they're pulling in the space shuttle into the settlement that they have at the fort 
and it's so sad dude they see you see this little old man and he's trying so hard and you you hear the guy oh by the way all the guys from this whole fort liswell they just look like nazi punks like yeah youth or something and um and this poor harry carey looking <laughs> guy Carey. Not the real Harry Carey, but Will Ferrell as Harry Carey from Saturday Night Live in oh the my 90s. Oh, God, it's so accurate. So, How would you eat the moon if it was made out of cheese? <laughs> yeah, you get... This poor guy gets gets just sh- shot by ADR Nazi because oh. the, the, that voice that they use in this scene for the uh, the Nazi kid is not oh, that guy's real no, voice. that is not it's, him. It's some sweet ADR. But they just shoot the shit out of them, and then they, they continue onward. And then we walk through their settlement, which is sort of looks like an apocalyptic flea market, like an outdoor flea market. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's kind of around. They got a bunch of huts. People are selling shit. I mean. It's kind of like an Occupy Wall Street camp. Yes. Yeah, totally. Everyone looks a little like dingy and weird. And um, But I will say, uh, not a bad settlement for post-apocalyptic. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a thing. It's no barter town, but you know. <laughs> So it's no barter town. So uh, we head to some dude's office who we uh, we who I thought um, actually kind of looked like a discount Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I see that. We also get some boobs. I don't know if you talk about the boobs on the podcast too much, but we also get some random post-apocalyptic hooker boobs as they go. Oh, that's the right. Yeah, while they're going through, um, this is also going to be the last time we see Vinny for a while. We yeah. don't see Vinny for a bit, but yes, while they're walking, we see one of the Nazis uh, with um, with a, a woman of the night. It seems um, not quite a. There, ugh, there's not a lot of pick from out here in the apocalypse, so you got to work with what you got. You know. Yep. Uh, got to use the tools God yeah. gave you. Yeah. Now we find out this uh, what I'll call Kevin Canadian Bacon <laughs> <laughs> is the leader. You, do you know they call him back bacon up in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they they lock Hal onto a seat in the office, which I really like the design of this. It's basically a bench and a bunch of these neck clasper things. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a pretty good idea, like for the movie itself. Like, they're like orange for no reason. Um, yeah, I was trying to figure out what their real world purpose me was. Too. I was like, there's got to be something that exists already. But I couldn't figure yeah. it out. I was like, "What the fuck are like? They are they? Are, is it just like like vice clamps from like a workshop?" Yeah. But the the way they, I don't know. It's really real weird. weird. And the first thing that we hear Kevin Canadian Bacon say is the most random shit I've ever heard a bad guy say as a first line. He says, "Tell me, Commander, how you wouldn't happen to know what direction the prevailing winds blow in Patagonia, would you?" And how reacts to this the same way I would as saying, "What." And Hal's already confused because this motherfucker knows his name. He's coming at him all confident and shit. Oh, there, there's a bit we forgot to go over. Oh, wow. Um, okay, and it's something that could easily have been just like a weird joke earlier. But when JJ and Hal are escaping, JJ calls him Captain Walker. Um, oh. Which the first time I the first time I watched it with like watching it watching it i was like oh is that she just like making a joke because captain walker is like a fairly common yeah pop culture like the who's tommy or like this is this after uh mad max beyond thunderdome where they talk about a captain walker in it like but it's it's a uh it's a 
it's a little it's clue. a foreshadow it's yeah. a it's a clue it's a clue that also pays off in this thing with like kevin bacon kevin canadian bacon already knowing how's name <laughs> yeah it was really weird uh, uh but i did not notice that thanks for pointing that out that's crazy and it's yeah it's a, and how reacts like like wait how did you what like why did you say that but she does it like i think that's immediately when it. Vinny walks in ah, so yeah okay just See, that makes more sense now uh because like yeah and the um, the other reason you kind of know that she's connected to this is that jj also has that same aryan brotherhood jacket. the same jacket yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has that jacket as well um and yeah and the the leader guy he's saying something about he's wondering if um if he thinks the fallout can get over the mountains so obviously this guy's trying to think about uh finding a new location of where they can move his settlement or whatever and he says that he estimates that everyone there will be contaminated in the next two months so the goal is to find a clean zone and he wants how to find it that's basically why this motherfucker's here and he apologizes for walker's death here so this is when you know oh this guy knows what's going on he just says that some terminals got to the shuttle before they could and because I'm sure he would have wanted to use Walker as well, um, yeah. And he got stuck with Hal. <laughs> and uh, then, uh, yeah. So the leader, um, I'm surprised that they were up there. He didn't think that they had a secret line of space defense up there. And Lacey comes comes through and says, uh, out of nowhere, he comes through and he's like, "I found it. <laughs> it says Delta S16 on it." And I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but I guess we'll find out soon. Kevin Canadian Bacon says he doesn't need Commander How after all now. So, boy, How got not important very quickly without doing anything. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't need you anymore. We already found the Delta S-16. Let's go ahead and send this guy back with his friends who gives a shit. And one of the henchmen dudes, by the way, that grabs him and takes him um, to a little cell that we see, he also has a killer mustache. Uh, he has no lines, but great mustache on that guy. Uh, they put How in some underground cell with, and it's funny because he they throw him in there because it's it's a little bit of a drop, and he hits somebody that's there, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," but it's just a dead body. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like half of a dead body. Oh, too. oh poor How, <laughs> he's trying to be all polite. It's a fucking corpse. Oh, so good, and it looks like. A, and by the way, the the effects of some of this stuff, it looks pretty good. Like the corpse looks pretty dope. I thought. Yeah, and. Uh, and he, we find uh, we find out that what Lacey's talking about, it's a, a part that they need to take out of the shuttle. So we see that, uh, once again, we cut to the missile timer, which is down to 32 minutes, y'all. So <laughs> we're, almost, we're getting there. So we see that JJ and Jordan are in one of the other underground prisons with uh, this poor old, uh, elderly lady. Poor old who I think this lady is also kind of like, Oh, it's that lady. Uh, like yeah. I, I recognize her, but I cannot name like something specific she's in. But she's got to be in like some eighties movies or something. Totally. Yeah. So we got JJ Jordan and Joe old lady. <laughs> They're singing. Uh, the old lady and JJ are singing that song that I think they sing in Die uh, that plays in Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Where I, I forget how it goes. It's like the Saints marching. Is it the Saints marching? Oh yeah, yeah. When the Saints come yeah, marching. Yeah, I think in. that's what they're singing. I could be wrong. Or not when the Saints come marching in, but like that the less jazzy version of yeah. when, oh, when the Saints come marching in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the uh, have some, the like white person version of that. Yeah, song. you don't have some old Canadian lady singing. Mm-hmm. Oh, when the Saints. 
Although I would have loved that if they just broke into song in this movie out of nowhere. <laughs> it gets very jazzy all oh. of a sudden. They're like, whatever it takes to get I by. Know, right? So uh, Hal sees uh, Jordan because Hal's like, oh, shit, I can hear something. And he pokes a little hole through. And it's funny because Jordan gets excited at first. She's like, holy shit, like, look, it's Hal. Like, what's up, man? But then she gets super bummed because I think she's like, god damn it, it's Hal. And he's, I yeah. thought you were going to save us. <laughs> but you're trapped like us, you son of a bitch. And uh, we also find out that the old lady is in there for stealing a can of peaches. That is a tough crime to pay. Damn. Yeah. It, they love their peaches in uh, Kevin Canadian Bacon's fort. <laughs> but we do find out that Kevin Canadian Bacon is actually named Gideon Hayes, which might be the most made-up name I've ever heard. That And it's such a good villain name. It is name. good. It's a very comic booky <laughs> type <laughs> villain type name. I kind of dig it. But it, you could tell, like, I've ne- I would can't imagine ever meeting a Gideon Hayes. Maybe I will one day. You never know. And uh, we also find out he's the ex-boyfriend of JJ. And uh, how asks how some kid Gideon got control of all these people. And JJ says, well, you should first know how he got control of you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so, before the war... This is when we get all the backstory, y'all. This is when we figure out what's really going on. And I hope you can explain it, because I cannot explain <laughs> this backstory. I've, I watched it, I was like, ah, I, I guess? Huh? I'm going to try my best. So I, I'm, I'm a real how about this scene, is I'm just like confused and out of my, out of my element. Here's what I mustered up. So before the war, about two months ago, JJ was changing classes with Gideon when all of a sudden this Navy helicopter lands on the lawn and Gideon's father gets out. The next thing she knows, I guess Gideon decided he wanted to take her. They're at 5,000 feet in the helicopter carrying satellite equipment. And so his parents and all the Navy soldiers actually ended up dying because the helicopter crashed as the war broke out. It was They were too late, basically, in reacting. The only survivors were JJ, Gideon, Lacey, and um, this guy that she says is some fat guy named Boomer who operates the equipment. And he's also paralyzed. Um, he also got paralyzed in the crash, so he's overweight and he's paralyzed. So, fuck, poor Boomer. But uh, we will be meeting him very soon. So Boomer had something to do with Hal landing there because Gideon needed him to get that. Um, Gideon wants to get to that survival station and he needed that thing that was in the their shuttle. So Boomer transmitted a program so Hal and the crew would have to land there when they just when they decided to re-enter. So it's a whole thing. I, I it's a whole fucking yeah. Thing. And she also gives us another little tidbit later on in the movie. But she says something like they were supposed to be heading to Newfoundland because they were actually going to go underwater into a submarine and they needed the satellites, I guess, to be able to navigate and stuff. But the equipment never made it because that's what that helicopter was for to get them to. So if the father had never stopped to pick up his son and just let him die, he probably would have gotten a little closer to making it. <laughs> but uh, There'd be some form of humanity left. Yeah, it's too bad. So that expl- Okay, so... The rest of the dudes, the rest of the like these Nazi punks, fuck off. Um, are th- I always kind of thought they were like other students from that private school, but they're just like random shitty yeah, guys that somehow are listening to Gideon. Yeah, because Lacey's like an ex. You can tell Lacey's a well, first of all a man, and he's like ex-military. Yeah, he's an actual like military. Yeah, guy. he's like an actual soldier. So yeah, I think it's just random survivors that happen to work their way, kind of Walking Dead esque, where you just 
happen mm-hmm. to find your way to a settlement you think it's going to be good but then it's too late and you're now just doing you're just listening to the 17 year old kid who's a total asshole but it's weird because it hasn't been that long and these people seem extremely loyal and in and like part of this society <laughs> yeah that's why i think like as a when i would watch this movie or as a kid i always just assumed like these were like other shitty kids from this private school but that doesn't make yeah, sense yeah i actually would have uh, liked that concept i think that would have been interesting kind of like lord of the fly situation but older yeah teenagers but it no we gideon going into this this um, shack or whatever and he's telling boomer that he did a good job he thinks that they found the piece they've been looking for and it's all thanks to good old boomer we don't see Boomer this whole time because he's just outside the shot, but then we finally get to meet him. And I was hoping it was going to be funny because I was like, oh, this is going to be like a fat guy. Like, I was thinking <laughs> it's going to be. But no, Boomer, it is not. It's very sad. Boomer is strapped to what looks like an operation table and he's just flipped up like he's on one of those fucking anti gravity back saving flipper things that you see that i think michael keaton used in batman 1989 (laughs) and he looks like shit man like this guy is not looking good yeah he's like well yeah like imagine like he's paralyzed from like the waist down and strapped to a table he's all like covered in spittle like in his own filth Uh, it's this is a this is a rough way to go through the apocalypse. Yeah, man. he has what we can only call white slammer hanging out of his mouth. It is Ugh. it is a thick thick substance. This poor guy, and uh, Boomer says, because um, uh, Gideon says something like, uh, "I know we haven't been best of friends, but we can make up." He's he's starting to cook him up a steak. He's basically trying to. I guess Boomer is so fat that he gets super hype whenever they're gonna make him food, and that's how they've been controlling him. But I mean, hey, like it was the it was the the post apocalypse, and someone offered me a steak. That'd get pretty That's far. True. And you know what also bummed me out? That also made me sad about Boomer. He's not fat. Like he's he's not no. even a fat guy. Like he's just a regular dude. But then Gideon tells Boomer his steak is almost done. Boomer says you'll give it to me if I tell you. And he says it's just a password, which is E pluribus pluribus funk. <laughs> e pluribus funk. And if you, which sounds like a dope hip hop band from the eighties. <laughs> Player of best funk. Gideon types it in, and it looks like things are working out for good old Gideon. He gets the steak from the girl, and he holds it up to uh, Boomer's face, and of course he uh, drops it in the mud and steps on it for good measure. He unlatches Boomer, and he falls down with the mud since he's paralyzed. Oh god, this movie is some... I, I can't tell if this movie's trying to make me sad or if it's trying to be... I didn't know if it was trying to be like one of those things where it's outlandishly out there and so it's supposed to be funny, but it really is just sad in some moments. <laughs> oh yeah, like this, like Boomer's fate, like... It's just awful. It's awful. Like this poor guy, man. Uh, and so then Gideon um, kicks the stake right into Boomer's face, which I guess was actually a good thing because then you see Boomer kind of yeah, ah, gets ah. it closer, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like licking it. <laughs> it's like well, have some self respect. I don't know. I, fa- I let's face it, Tanner. We'd both be doing that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, it's just mud. Sweet, delicious steak. Yeah, <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> I, I'm licking off the mud so I can then eat the steak. <laughs> If you think about it, it's just kind of like adding pepper to it. So uh, we see Gideon back at HQ. He's drinking a Coors Banquet, but without the wrapper on it. They don't have that kind of money. 
he has uh, <laughs> JJ strapped into the bench with a neck brace thingy on. He unlocks JJ from it and he starts to wipe her down gently. This is when we see that Gideon definitely has a, a weakness and that happens to be JJ. I mean, if JJ was mm-hmm. not around, I think Gideon would be doing pretty good, but he's got a weakness for it, you know? He gives coordinates to a safe uh, to the safe station that he's headed to for no fucking reason. He's like, 32 degrees latitude. <laughs> I'm like, why are you, what the fuck is the point of this? He plans to sell out tomorrow and he wants to uh, take JJ with him. He says he's forgiven her for walking out on him. She says she doesn't forgive him for being a snake. Gideon says, oh, come on, JJ. I have to be a ruthless dictator when I'm in an unstable situation like this. <laughs> it's so funny hearing, like, like seeing this, like, 18-year-old, 17-year-old kid. <laughs> Don't you get it, JJ? And, um, and Gideon asks her, if not me, then who? Come on. <laughs> Gideon asks if she wants to go or not. He's like, come on, what do you say, JJ? And she says, I say, go fuck yourself. Gideon calls in his goons with his little rape whistle. <laughs> they they come in to grab her and take her back to the cells. And uh, it looks like he, he says right before they head out, there'll be a trial tomorrow morning. He says, put, it, put up a notice. I'm like, wait, you have a bulletin board on this motherfucker? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you put up a notice. And this might be one of the most cartoonish scenes coming up. Uh, we have all the citizens cheering like it's some medieval time fucking execution. Because yeah. everyone looks dirty. You know, like in those medieval time movies, like everybody looks fucking dingy as shit because nobody bathed back then. And uh, we really see Lacey shine in this scene. Um, he's sitting next to Jordan. And he asks uh, if she's wondering what's going to happen to her. He gets to do a tight five on all of our main He characters. does. He does. It dwindles, but he does do a little tight five. He goes up to each one of them that are up for trial, and he tells Jordan, the rules have changed, Jordan. We see Vinny, who's been out of the movie for about... Oh, by the way, he gropes Jordan. And it, yeah, it he is grabs Jordan's the boo. least... Oh, it is just such a creepy, gross... Like He just like grabs it like he's trying to fucking uh, juice a fucking <laughs> lime or some shit. <laughs> the worst... <laughs> And uh, and then he comes up to Vinny, and Vinny, he just, I think, tells him some shit and smacks him. Lacey's, um, sm- oh, yeah, Lacey smacks him in the stomach. Then he tells JJ she looks so pretty that it makes him sick. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Jesus, Lacey, working out some I issues know. here. Then he goes over to Hal, smacks him in the chest with his whip, and all he says to Hal is, really cool, Hal. <laughs> so he sort of just ran out of steam at the end there he was like i don't know what to tell you it's like i don't i don't really know you that well so uh i don't know you got like you're uh real cool how i was being sarcastic you're not cool at all the, see you losers by the way i forgot to mention it really uh, this is way back when but when they were first in the in the shuttle i thought it was so weird that everyone has different uniforms on and for some reason Hal looks like a fucking ghostbuster to me (laughs) (laughs) his jumpsuit is so fresh man 
It's got the red and green stripe like around like the thigh on one leg and around the arm yeah. on the opposite side. Like it's got style. I thought man. he was like the shuttle custodian. Like I didn't even think he was like the actual <laughs> programmer guy. But anyway, I do like that, that he has the um, the Canadian and the American flag on oh. his uh, uniform, establishing that it is a joint is mission it? between the U.S. and Canada. How is one hundred percent the Canadian uh, <laughs> uh, in this crew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Very, very. Canadian. Uh, we see Gideon walk up in a damn judge gown and he looks like he's in a costume from I don't know, Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> yeah, it looks like if he like he's wearing most of the Scream Ghostface Killer yeah. um, oh, costume except for the mask. He's so funny. He looks like a child. And uh, this isn't really as much of a trial as it's just like voting to kill people because <laughs> there's no defense. You can't defend yourself. All he does is say what they're guilty for. And then he asks everyone, um, you know, say I if you find if you want them to be hanged. And everyone says I. He starts with Howe and Jordan. He gives he says that they're guilty for crimes against humanity. I don't know what. Uh, it's a nuclear war. You I know? guess so. But you're going to put anyone on trial for it. Put the the astronauts on the nuclear nuclear missile launching space yeah, station. Put it on the space force, man. And. Uh, Everyone says I, and it's funny because uh, everyone goes I, and then some random dude that that guy goes hang the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else also finds JJ guilty, and then we get to Vinny, and apparently Vinny has made quite a name for himself in this town. Everyone has been wanting to catch this son of a bitch for a long time. So, I imagine he's kind of like the um, the Vincent Price in Last Man on Earth. Yeah, they're like this motherfucker. Like he's probably out there, kind of killing everyone and stealing their food. Yeah. And so he is kind of probably like a boogeyman to these yeah, survivors. Yeah, and he honestly is very boogeyman esque. And yeah, they, everyone mm. is like, yeah, fucking, yeah, fucking, a man. Like, <laughs> and so they're glad that this guy's gonna get hanged. And uh, yeah, so. Then uh, uh, Gideon says, yeah, they're all going to hang by the neck until they are dead and are sentenced to execution immediately. So no wasting time here. We're at the post-apocalyptic hanging. We see poor Boomer dragging his lifeless body across the ground, which is all wet and muddy. And uh, I'm thinking that mud state gave him a little energy, though, because he wasn't looking that good before. Give him some gumption. Yeah, give him a little gumption. He's like, son of a bitch, throw a steak in my face. So he's crawling around. Uh, which actually is great cover, and we see how Vinny, JJ, and Jordan getting their rope, uh, the ropes tied up on their necks, uh, for getting prepared for the hanging. A guy starts shittily playing a snare drum because uh, that is not how you roll on a snare. <laughs> He's like, thug, thug, thug. and uh, for some reason, Gideon stands up and decides he's going to pardon JJ. But she has to pull the lever that hangs the others. Uh, JJ spits at Gideon. But I think she had a little stage fright here because that loogie goes flat hard. Like she tries to spit, was <laughs> like, <"Bleh."> <laughs> she didn't go very far, but she gave it a good try. And uh, Gideon then, after that, decides to extend it, uh, extend the offer to the rest of them. If they are willing to hang the rest of their friends, all they have to do is step forward. And weren't you waiting for Vinny to do this? <sighs> That that is why I love this movie. Like, of course, it should be Vinny because these people aren't his fucking friends. No, he he has shown little but, regard to anybody other than himself. Yeah, and he's and he pushes out. So, like, why wouldn't he step forward? So, who does step forward? Good old how? How our main character? Which I love this because he is 
such the best character for this movie because I don't believe he wants. I don't think he's trying to save his own skin. I think he's desperately trying to think of a plan and a way out of yeah. this. Yeah. I th- but he's how, so he is not capable of coming up with this plan. Yeah. So he's just, he's like, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm committing <laughs> to this bit. I'm committing to this bit and maybe something will happen. <laughs> and what happens? Something happens. And how doesn't have to kill oh, his friends. described my show. I'm committing to this bit <laughs> and something's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't yet, know what. But uh, but yeah, he has the gumption to like step out, but then doesn't have the 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 the, <laughs> the thought process to be like, well, what am I gonna do now? So he stands yeah. at this. I guess it. I don't know. The plunger. I don't know what it is supposed to be either, because it looks like like bicycle handlebars. Yeah, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. That I guess if he pulled, it's gonna pull the. I guess it's the lever to uh, hang. So everyone. weird. And uh, Gideon tells, uh, "Hey, the snare's gonna kick off again. As soon as it stops, you fucking pull that lever, and everyone gets killed. But before that can happen, the snare's going. Before that can happen, good old Boomer gets a shot off on Gideon. Somehow he got himself in position to shoot. So I guess he's only he somehow he got a gun. And somehow he got into position. Yeah, because I thought he was paralyzed from the neck down, but I guess he's paralyzed from the 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 waist down. Waist down. Um, yeah. And so yeah, he's able to get a shot on Gideon. He shoots him in the in the leg. Um, everyone goes. Uh, a couple of Nazi punk goons give chase over to to Hal. They shoot Boomer to death quickly. So you're just like, damn, yeah, dude, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and Hal just like he beats it. Oh, he yeah. is just. He rabbits like out he stole of this. something from Kmart. Like he just goes, <laughs> and uh, they head out. And I oh, and then Lacey goes, and he brings Jordan to help with Gideon's gunshot wound. But she says she won't do it unless he lets Vinny and JJ go. He reluctantly agrees, and he tells Lacey to put them back in the bunker. Jordan goes to get her stuff from the ship, and uh, Gideon tells her if she tries anything at all, then they are all dead. And this might be the hardest that this kid acts throughout the whole movie because he's supposed mm-hmm. to be in pain. And so he's kind of sh- like shaky and he's like, if anything, if anything happens at all, it's like, okay, dude, calm down, calm down. Uh, so he tries really hard. There's no need uh, to see Jordan actually do anything, of course, because we just cut to Nazi punk HQ and Gideon's all wrapped up and <laughs> he's looking good. Ian says that she'll stay there. And, and as for Vinny and JJ... He promised not to hang them, but he's just going to shoot them instead. Clever bad guy move. (laughs) What a son of a bitch. And he tells Jordan to give him another painkiller shot, but uh, Jordan says she only has morphine. And at this point... And she she's like, yeah, like morphine's a little little much for this situation. (laughs) He's like, give it to me. And, uh, man, if only Jordan could act a little bit better. Because uh, she gets the good idea of uh, putting a little something else in the syringe to end this dude. But she looks so fucking suspicious. Like, I don't know how much mm-hmm. more suspicious you could look. And Gideon looks at her and is like, nope, something's going on. He grabs the syringe and tells Lacey, grab her. Lacey grabs her. They fight and wrestle a little bit, but he's able to get her down. And uh, uh, Gideon puts the syringe in her. And Jordan pretty much dies. And it's really interesting because her last line is, God damn, kid! <laughs> <laughs> she goes out swinging. Good old Been Jordan. there, man. Oh my god! And now we see that Hal managed to get away, 
And I guess Vinny's not far because on foot, Hal gets all the way over to Vinny's place. He, uh, like mm-hmm. we said, this uh, once they get to Earth, uh, you know, we're not really dealing with a whole lot of area. He goes through this little bunker, and this is where I saw that grenade that was attached to like a wire. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit! I hope nothing goes wrong." But he, luckily, Hal has tiny, slender hands, and he's able to fit his hands to the little door. <laughs> that's true. That's that's how he was able to do you it. Know? And then he, he he jumps into Vinny's cabin, and there's a bowl of popcorn on the table that uh, the how just starts munching down on. And we're like, okay, I I do that I guess too. So. I mean, I would at least give it a sniff test. I mean, who knows how long that's been there? But uh, yeah, he does put that right in his mouth. Boom, real quick. We're back in the um, uh, after he grabs all the guns. We're back in the underground prison, and we get to hear JJ just yell annoyingly loud about wanting to see Gideon. Apparently, she she definitely has something up her sleeve. We see Vinny looking at some random drawing he's made. Um, well, yeah, where I think it's like his uh, his D and D character sheet. <laughs> his player name is Survival. Oh my god, this is one of the weirdest things. Uh, uh, I have this written down. Yeah, I don't know if you have what he has on this thing. Other than the, his it says sex hex sex hex. Yep destruction ours and then uh what does it say underneath um, he has uh death with uh my in parentheses followed by peace um with final in parentheses under that and then there's that bad drawing of himself um mm-hmm. with sir sir viva survival, survival. i thought it said sir viva oh, i'm so latino <laughs> <laughs> oh sir viva <laughs> And <laughs> it's written in it. It's so funny. Just so that way he knows there's an arrow pointing to himself, his own drawing of himself to say, let it know that he's a survival. What this all means, um, don't 100% anybody's, anybody's guess. guess. It's just to kind of show us. Are we, are we starting to learn more that maybe Vinny is a special guy? I think so. Like he's not just like awful that maybe he's a little developmentally just a little delayed bit. yeah just a tad um and unfortunately at this same time we see his little drawing get pissed on by who of course good old lacy and the boys uh he uh, doesn't he- here, here come, come the boys <laughs> and he doesn't even move he's just like ah fuck it you know you're peeing on me what am i gonna do about it at least it's warm um which made me very <laughs> sad um but you know what? He kind of deserves to get pissed on too, at least. Yeah. He's kind of a piece of shit. It's kind of shitty. And we see uh, Hal with his rifle, and he finds a couple of dudes from Gideon's army in a boat. This is the boat. Oh, God. This scene is so fucking good. You want to talk about this scene? I mean, if, <laughs> if, if you don't watch any other scene in this movie, and you just want to get a flavor of like the tone and how awful how is as a main character so it's the two nazi punks fuck off are on the escape boat um they're like playing cards or some shit and how is up on the dock gun pointed at them and he he does he does the all like all right uh put your put your hands up hands up don't uh don't don't move uh you're don't don't and the guys start like going for their guns he's like don't go for that gun 
Don't don't do it. Don't you stop. You stop. Don't you don't you dare. Don't oh, don't 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 touch that gun. Don't. I I kill guys all the time. I I I am a killer of men. I I kill a lot of people. Uh, don't, don't oh oh god, oh god. And then he just starts shooting randomly. Oh. And I guess he hits them eventually, but he fires a oh lot of rounds. Oh my god, that was perfect. It's so funny because I love how um how they slowly the guys there's just two guys and i just love how they just slowly get toward the guns it's like <laughs> it's so like they were calling his bluff because he's he's shaking like a leaf i mean you would be fairly confident that this guy isn't going to do anything oh yeah and like like one guy picks up a gun and he hands it to his friend to then pick up his gun <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it goes on forever oh. and it's so great because how is such a worthless worthless turn yeah, in some like, way this feels <laughs> like a, a naked gun bit like it you know yeah. like you can't believe that this is actually happening i'm like this is supposed to be hilarious right because this is fucking hilarious yeah because he is not a character he's not adapting to this no, world very well he's he's not because normally you would see like he goes through a character change where he becomes rougher to match the world in order to survive he is the same like hapless witless dork from the first scene to the last scene i love it uh we get a quick cut to the missile uh what's the latest time y'all 12 minutes we are wrapping this thing up pretty quick yeah jj comes into gideon's bunker and she sees that jordan is dead uh jordan is just both yeah she's just like a a a sack of potatoes on the ground even move her like she's in the same spot and uh you know like I said earlier, it's a testament to gel and hairspray that JJ's hair has not moved a fucking yeah. inch. It's just perfectly there. Uh, JJ starts to come on to Gideon. She's trying to be sexy and stuff, which, by the way, eh, she doesn't really pull that off very well, but she's trying. And I'm, yeah, I mean, teenagers aren't no. good at that shit, so I'm on And, you know, and they're, Gideon, she knows Gideon digs her, so it's not like she has to try that hard. She, he, also, I got I to gotta pause yeah. for a moment here. And refer back to the stir crazy episode of this podcast. <laughs> your take your wiener out story is fucking bizarre <laughs> and hilarious. Uh, that, that's I just had to mention that since we're talking about awkward teenager sexuality. Oh, I know. That story is bonkers. And what made it worse was um, so right after that. So my wiener's cut, and I'm and I'm I'm in. It's burning. I haven't looked at it yet. I just know something's wrong, you know, because I'm in eighth grade. So I'm like, just I don't want to look at it. I just know something is hurting in there. I go to the bathroom and I look at it and I just see like, eh, like it's like maybe like a half inch little gash on uh, of skin pulled off, and I'm freaking out. I just wrap like a little bit of toilet paper on there, and to make matters worse, my dad picks me up uh, from from her house. Straight from there we go we take a full family trip to dallas so i'm in a van for six hours and my dick is burning oh god and i didn't know who to talk to about it i was like i think it'll heal i can't touch my wiener now for like a while (laughs) in eighth grade it was rough man i must have pulled that scab off early like three times in a row before it finally healed Wait, and also I ha I have to know just to like for full contact. So the friend whose house you two were at, was it a male friend or a female, a female friend? friend? Yeah. Okay, that's what I kind of assumed, but I wasn't sure because because that dynamic in that story is very different based on <laughs> on that. Yeah, 
Because, like, if it's your dude friend and you're making out your dude friend's house and your dude friend is like, take your wiener out, that's a very different reaction than, like, if you're at a female friend's house and you're making out with your girlfriend and a female friend says, take your wiener out. Like, that that's two very different avenues. That's a choose your yeah, own adventure. Yeah, that's definitely a different dynamic. Right that 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 would have tested me early on. Like, okay, what, am I going to dig this or what's going to go on? But no, it was it was two girls. It was a girl's house and uh, the girl I was dating at the time. So, well, shit, more power to you. We okay, All we right. can get back to Defcon Four now. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that just it made me think of that, and I had to I had to ask. Oh, so. Uh, so definitely, if you're listening to this episode without listening to the Stir Crazy episode, go back and listen to the Stir Crazy yeah, catch, episode because that story yeah, is bonkers. If you want the full story, catch the Stir Crazy episode and then jump back on this one. Uh, so the guys pull out Vinny and they put his uh, back to a wall. They're ready to execute this dude. Uh, so, hey, Gideon's a man of his word. <laughs> he said he was going to shoot him to death. Yeah. He meant it. They're about to take him out when he at like, oh my God. He demands, he's like, don't... Don't you want to? Doesn't a man get a, a final last words? Final yeah. words or like last words? And and they're like, all right, <laughs> fine, I guess, whatever. He gets on his knees. Oh, oh, but okay. So when they push, I love that they push him up against the wall, and then he immediately like starts like walking away from the wall, and they have to push him back up against. <laughs> he it. does it so confidently, like, oh, we're going this way. Yeah, he's like, oh, if I just walk away, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> and he's like, please. And it's so funny. Like you think he's going to say some sort of. I don't know, some kind of life-changing, mind-changing statement. Like, kind of like a Shylock speech where, like, prick me, do I not bleed? (laughs) But nope. Fucker gets down on his hands and knees and starts begging for his life. Please don't kill me. Please? Please don't kill me. I don't want to die. Oh, man. And and, and for a second, they're like, God, this is sad. I almost want to kill him just just end this. But at the very same time, Hal just pulls through with the freaking giant tank, you know, Killdozer returns. He runs through the walls and um, he kills the dudes. He shoots them all up. Then he stops and he looks at Vinny and like he's kind of like, ah, you're so weird. I might have to kill you. But Vinny's like, I'm with you, buddy. So <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> just like, oh, I guess they're a, a team I guess? now. Like that is weird. I guess. I guess this is where we uh, are. I'm not gonna movie. lie. I think I would have taken out Vinny too while I was at it. I th- yeah, I, th- I think uh, Mercy. But I think Hal was like, I need the body. Like, I need someone to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Hal is definitely like, I have no fucking idea what no, I'm doing. He like falls. This is like a Mr. Bean. Th- like, he just falls ass backwards into somehow being able to create this battle situation. Him and Vinny are. Uh, Vinny goes and finds all the guns and stuff and the rifles. Um, Hal, at the, in the meantime, opens up the building where they keep all the people that are in prison. And Vinny just like, hey, you want some guns? He, he does a Zardoz impression. <laughs> he like, guns. guns! He gives everyone guns, and we got a real firefight going on. There's some back and forth. Some some peasants get the soldiers. Some of the soldiers shoot the peasants. It's a little back and forth. It's not very that many people. It's a revolution. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, yeah, a, little bit of a revolution there. Um, not, not a very exciting one, but, you know, it's, it's happening. How uh, opens up the underground prisons and every, he gets everyone out. Everyone pops up super quick, but he runs into that little old lady and she lets him know mm-hmm. that Jordan and JJ are with Gideon. They do all this work because she doesn't want to go out. She's like, I'm old. Just let me die. She's like, I'll die. I'll just and, die uh, here. You know, this is the first time we see how like, hey, he is a hero. Like he didn't have to do. He has his hand yeah. out. He's like, come on, let's go. It's like, come on, lady. He lifts her up. They, she manages to get out. They walk about eight or nine paces and she gets shot and dies. <laughs> yep. Thanks, How. She was safer in the fucking pit. So, <laughs> this fu- 
fucking movie. What did you do, man? Why did you bring this to the show? I hate you. So it's so fucking great. Oh my God, I love it. Shot and Vinny's like, uh, I think she's she's done. Let's go. It's yeah, like she's, <laughs> she's done, done man. Let's go. And uh, so yeah, so then uh, Vinny and Hal head to the boat. But Lacey, JJ, Lacey and JJ and a couple of the soldiers, including our man uh, Lacey, are, are already on it. Uh, Gideon asks for the guns um, of the soldiers that are on the boat. And you're already like, I was kind of like, what's going to happen here? Of course, he just shoots them. He's like, thank you. You've served me well. Great job. Boom, boom, bang, bang. And they fall off. And for a second, man, I was scared. I was like, oh, no, are we going to see our boy Lacey get shot? But he saves him. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? You've been good to me. I like you. Got a good mustache. You can stick around, Lacey. You just put the guns out underneath the deck. So that's what happens. And it's funny because Gideon's like wearing this like popped collar top coat. Oh yeah, he's wearing a, a very peacoat navy action oh. going on. He is he's dressed yeah, for the sea. Yeah, he's like in full bad guy sea attire. Like he's just he looks pretty cool. I'll give him that. It's like an evil yeah, Popeye. Yeah. And uh, we see how uh, swimming. Co- oh, because like just before this, Hal tells uh, Vinny, like, "Hey, can you swim?" I guess Vinny can't swim. Yeah. So we just see. <laughs> yeah, this this is I, this is this is weird. So this is what my head cannon is. Okay, so they see the boat going out to sea, and how asks Vinny, like, "Can you swim?" What they must have done is driven the killdozer further up the beach in order to get ahead of the boat. Because there's no way Howe is going to be able to swim to catch up with his fucking yeah, sailboat, like they could, right? N- unless he had planted some Easter egg that, oh, yeah, I was in the Olympics. I was like Michael Phelps. He was, he was the Canadian javelin champion and also long-distance Yeah, swimmer. because I don't know how the fuck he manages. By the way, the ship is going pretty fucking slow. Yeah, it it but it's it's slow, but it's going faster than oh, you yeah. can swim. I have no fuck. I'm guessing that must have been what they did. I don't know because somehow, and that's why Vinny no is out of the next scene. Is he's back on the beach with the kill? I hope so I because we see we see how swimming over to the boat, and uh, I don't know how they don't hear loud splashing sounds, but. JJ sees him I think he calls out to her she sends out a rope to help him get onto the boat onto the deck and uh, Gideon uh, is below deck with Lacey I guess putting up the guns Gideon comes up as around the same time Hal's starting to work his way up and JJ's able to distract him create a diversion for a little bit long enough for Hal to get onto the boat and announce himself like a dumbass (laughs) Lacey uh, I think he says Lacey Uh, Lacey comes up and it's funny because Lacey goes for his gun he's like oh shit I don't have my gun (laughs) I don't have it and then JJ just pushes him off the boat that's a wrap on Lacey Lacey. Uh, and he falls comedically funny he's like ah he just kind of goes Gideon puts all the uh, uh, oh then so then yeah so then what happens here so oh yeah Gideon grabs JJ puts a knife to her throat right and uh, how has like a pull hook? Yeah, and he's like, "You let her go. Uh, I'm gonna do something." And oh, there's a the sweet close up on JJ's face where she has like a single tear oh, running down her see, eye. See, she can cry, but how can't? Yeah, and Gideon like slits her throat. Like the shot is weird. Like he like cuts her. Yeah, because he says you got three seconds. And then how? Right? And- 
Yeah. Yeah. And then Hal's like, oh, shit. And he just throws down the pole hook and then jumps off the boat, which I'm like, Hal, get a plan. <laughs> you need to, you can't just run into these situations. You need a plan. <laughs> so then uh, Gideon starts to shoot at Hal, of course. Like, you know, he's just trying to shoot him in the water, which it is really tough to shoot someone in the dark in water. And uh, JJ yeah. is pissed off about what he just did. He fucking cut her throat. So she stabs him in the leg. He decks her across the face, tells her, next time I'll kill you. I'm like, fucking Gideon, you should have killed her like 12 times ago. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he loves her. So then Gideon starts shooting again at how JJ, like, pushes the mast, I guess, or something to uh, hit Gideon. Yeah, she pulled, like, the sail, she, like, moves it. And so it hits Gideon and knocks him off the boat. And, <laughs> and he's just, like, floating in the water being like, oh, come on, JJ. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> come on. And then we just, like, the shot lingers on JJ on the boat by herself, and it starts to fade. I was like, oh, shit. If that was the end of the movie, that'd be fucking brilliant. It's just JJ on a boat. Fuck Vinny. Fuck Hal. Everyone else. JJ sails to, you know, Patagonia or wherever they're going. She is... But no, then we, we fade into a new scene. Yeah, we do. Because I was like, she is a badass. Like, I mean, I feel like if all of them, out of all of them, the one I wanted to survive was JJ. Um, oh, yeah. And she and she has, her outfit has transformed her into a badass. Because she's no longer in schoolgirl outfit. She's in a leather jacket with, like, her hair kind of pulled back with a red bandana uh, around her head. She's like fucking Savage Streets say, all they of a went sudden. Savage Streets on it, man. They <laughs> She went full fucking morphin power and turned into a badass. And uh, Gideon and we see Gideon and Lacey, they retreat uh, back to the settlement. And, uh, you know, Gideon's all limping and shit because he got stabbed in the leg. Almost all of the people, uh, the civilians basically, are dead. Yeah, I think the civilians are wiped out. And there's still somehow the same number of... uh, of his soldier yeah, guys Yeah, he's still left. got a ton of freaking Nazi punks left. And uh, Gideon looks at the space shuttle. And finally, he realizes there's a fucking missile still there. He's like, hey, I thought all the <laughs> missiles are supposed to be gone. And then we see it's down to like three seconds. And uh, blammo. Boom. The thing goes off. Thermonuclear missile. So uh, pretty much everybody disintegrates. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, then we see Hal, Vinny, and JJ on the boat looking at the explosion. Uh, I would have been a kind of terrified because it is a nuclear weapon. So I would have been like, ah, God, we need to really get this boat going a little bit faster. Yeah, we got to and maybe not look yeah. at the explosion. That might be good. <laughs> we should look away. Uh, we see written on the screen, the final victory has been won. Mankind can now rest in peace. Which is a fucking dark ending, because that the implication is that our three surviving characters they don't make it, and if even if they do make it, they do not repopulate the Earth. You know there are not yeah. other survivors. It's the planet Earth is dead. Oh, you know what? If there's some like animals and stuff around still, like you know they still like there's some animals that adapted to Chernobyl and stuff. <laughs> Maybe the Earth will thrive. Just humanity will. Call it call it a day. In a billion years, there'll be a new sentient race of radioactive <laughs> creatures on Earth. So uh, we roll credits from there. It was, uh, and now before we rate this bad boy, um, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever made it this far in, into one of my shows, and I would totally understand, uh, Tanner, if you haven't. But normally <laughs> around this time, I reflect on uh, the many, many incredibly 
memorable characters that are in the movies that I cover and I usually pick one of those characters to do a little bit of an impression so this is a segment I call quick impressions <clears throat> Quick impressions. Hey, Jordan. Wondering what's going to happen to you? The rules have changed, Jordan. Looking good, Vinny. What's the matter? You miss your mommy? Say goodnight. JJ. Oh, you look so pretty, JJ. You make me sick! How? Real cool, how? That is, that's pretty spot on. <laughs> that's, uh, thanks, that's man. <laughs> all right, now we're going to rate this bad boy. Uh, as most of my listeners know, I rate all these movies by, by mustache. For If you really, really fucking love this movie, you're going to give it a Fu Manchu or the full man, the full Fu Manchu recommendation. If you're like, it's pretty badass, you give it the uh, walrus mustache. If it's like a, eh, it's, you know, it's a movie, you give it the horseshoe mustache. And if it's a burn this thing in hell, I wish it never existed. It is the toothbrush mustache, or as we all know, the Hitler mustache, which a lot of these kids definitely loved in this movie. <laughs> Tanner, <laughs> how do you feel about this movie? What, what mustache would you rate it? Oh, for me, this movie is not just the full. This is a Christopher Lee hammer horror <laughs> film. Christopher Lee as Fu Manchu in The Brides of Fu Manchu. <laughs> this I love this movie so oh much. Oh my god, I did not expect this. I, oh god, I would I I've loved this movie for the majority of my life and every time I watch it, I'm just like, god damn, I love this movie. Is this some kind of like nostalgia thing like is it because you grew up watching this or something a, a little bit like i remember i would catch bits and pieces of it on cable and then um i think probably the first time i watched the full thing was on usa's up all oh, night yes um which is actually that version is on youtube like the literal the literal usa up all night hosted by commander america version which is probably the one i watched that has the interstitials and all the commercials uh. Um, that's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. Um, it, it increases the runtime to oh two hours. P- be prepared. But then I, I remember renting it. So the first time I watched it, like like full on as a teenager, my, my friends and I, we used to like almost every weekend in high school, we would just like have a sleepover at a friend's house and we would just rent like eight movies because oh, they were like awesome. a dollar a piece at Hastings. We just rent movies and we would we just watch movies all night. And I think this was one that we watched and we all loved because it was like, so, so ridiculous and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, um, ah, this is a tough one because there are some moments that honestly make this movie incredibly watchable. And it's one of those movies you really want to, here's what I'll say. Okay. I will give this, I'll give this a walrus mustache. I know it's a li- it's a little high, for, for my i it's borderline it's like almost a horseshoe but it's because i will suggest watch this movie with some friends i think it's not as fun watching it by yourself because you don't get to joke around with some of the moments that happen here i think it's almost 
uh, hilarious how serious it takes itself sometimes. Like, like I said, some of these parts that are supposed to be very sad and emotional, me personally, kind of made me laugh. Um, it could be because I'm a monster person, or it could be because it was funny. So, <laughs> do, uh, Tanner, have anything to plug for this show? I'm sure you do. Oh, man, I've got plugs Ooh. for days. <laughs> All right, so, number one. My own podcast, Burn After Pitching, from the Grand Geek Net, the Grand Geek Gathering Network. So it's a monthly podcast um, because, I, like, I don't know if people really realize this. Like, doing a weekly podcast is fucking insane. I cannot imagine oh, yeah. the amount of work that goes into it. Like, I like I can barely handle a monthly podcast. Uh, so it's a monthly podcast. Uh, it's a comedy roundtable podcast where we have. Uh, myself and my co-host and usually two or three other guests we uh we give everyone the topic ahead of time and they have to prepare a pitch based on the topic um so for example i think our our october episode is going to be the main pitch is people pitching a new animated halloween special so like either for a show that should have had a halloween special but but didn't or if you just wanted if they just wanted to pitch like an original halloween cartoon Ooh, special fun. um yeah, we've done like like musical pitches. Um, like one of my favorite ones is uh, we do short pitches also that the, our producer kind of surprises us. Surprises yeah, you did us one like with. on dogs, like so, dog holidays or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like it was National Spoil Your it. Dog Day. And it was like how to like pitch ways to promote National Spoil Your stuff. Dog Day. We did ha- uh, ice cream flavors to, provo- to promote the um, the. Uh, Tom Hardy Venom movie. <laughs> so it was a lot of like lobster ice cream or like squid ink ice cream. Oh, nice. Um, so that's okay. So that's pitch or that's uh, plug number one, burn after pitching. Uh, just Google that shit. You oh, know, yeah. the internet works. Um, my website by where you can find out uh, what I'm working on. Uh, find blog postings. I usually will put up links to podcasts I'm on, like this one. Uh, also has my web store that has all my comics, or most of my comic stuff on it. it uh, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, or Strike Team Codenamed Diamond Force, or some other stuff I've worked on. Uh, there's also, so plug number three, the aforementioned Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, which is a young adult survival horror graphic novel series, basically Boy Scouts fighting zombies, uh, is now a role-playing game that you can buy um, called, I think it's uh, Braves Guide to the Apocalypse. It's a like a geared tour. It's I, I shouldn't describe it this way, but it's kind of a gateway drug. <laughs> Uh, role-playing like games that. meant for kids yeah it's a role play tabletop role-playing game meant for like to get your like eight-year-old interested in role-playing games that's awesome um, man yeah so that's out now you can either buy it online or contact your local gaming store and have them order it if they don't have it already um what else do i have to plug i d- i was supposed to have a kickstarter going right now but that's not happening so i'm not plugging that um yeah, uh, I'll be on upcoming episode of Grindbin, Challenge of the Tiger, which we talked about earlier. I just was on another podcast from Fanbase Weekly talking about the movie Arachnophobia for its 30th Ooh. anniversary. I don't know. Oh, if you've yeah, seen that, that was movie. one of those ones I saw young and freaked me the hell out, but I did love it. Oh, yeah, it's great. Like rewatching it, it, it absolutely holds up. Okay, I highly cool, recommend cool. it. Um, yeah, and that's really that's all and my plugs right uh, now. Uh, Tanner is on a lot, has been on. I don't even know how many, but he has been on a lot of grind bin episodes. So you can go through there and get, I, I use, I call myself the, like the drunk uncle of yeah. the grind bin. 
like because I'm the guest who's been around the yeah. longest. But I think I think the those fucking brothers are are um are surpassing me in guest appearances now. <laughs> the the McCullums, those fucking guys. The yeah, McCullums. It's ironic that you, it's weird. McCullum boys, I think are are, are surpassing me. It's weird you bring them now. up. They're gonna be on the show. Uh, I they're gonna. I think we're recording next week, so they will be on. They're gonna be doing a part of the October uh, horror. I'm not really like making a big old thing about it, but uh, I'm gonna try to cover like obviously nothing but horror movies throughout October, and they're gonna be in one of those. So. Oh yeah, you're like you're doing Halloween three with Mike Mike Wood from Crying Band. Is that right? That might. Or is he doing bloody, bloody bits? bits? I think or, that might be bloody bits. I'm that's doing, bloody bits. Um, okay. I do have Bobby coming through. He is the uh, uh, the other host of uh, other grind, and he'll be running through here too. I can't remember what movie we're doing, but it's in the calendar. So, like you said, doing a weekly podcast is insane. So, there's a lot going on yeah, and a lot like, of recording, but it's fun, man. Like I absolutely love catching up with everybody. Um, I don't really have many plugs other than the fact, um, you know, check out the show. Um, the show Instagram page at Mustachioed Podcastio. Don't forget it's M-O-U-S-T-A-S-I-O. I know a lot of people spell it the other way, but that's just the way I like it. And then you can also find me on Twitter at uh, M Podcastio. And, you know, rate and review the podcast uh, five stars if you really like it. And if you don't like it any less than five stars, just direct message me and we'll talk about why you don't like it. And I'll try to convince you. Oh, that, dude, that's very yeah. polite. I would have just said, if you don't like it five stars, fuck the hell <laughs> no, off, no. man. I, no one needs that kind of negativity right now. I'm all about right healthy now. dialogue. I mean, if maybe there's, they have good constructive criticism. You never know. Or maybe they're just dicks. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of an <laughs> asshole, too, so maybe we'll like each other that way. But uh, anyway, other than that, uh, thank you so much for joining the show, Tanner. Absolutely loved having you on. Thank you for having me on. Any chance to? I think I was pushing Mike for a long time to put this on the grind bin, but he like he was not responsive <laughs> to this movie. So thank you for letting me scratch my DefCon four itch in podcast. I am more form. than happy to be the guinea pig for DefCon four. <laughs> so I'm I'm very happy and excited to uh, to release this. I hope everyone loves it. But thank y'all so much for checking this out. I'll see y'all next time. Bye.